0: Hi, everyone. Sebastian Richard for the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. I am doing a solo tonight, and I have some really good information that I wanted to share with you guys. And tonight's broadcast is titled Unmasking Today's Biggest False Prophet. And you're going to see what I'm going to share with you tonight might blow your mind because, well, to be honest, it, it blew my mind. And it was a revelation from God, a revelation from the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm happy to be sharing it with you tonight. And I hope that if it does bless you, that you will do likewise. You will share it with others as you are blessed. So uh, you probably noticed uh, if you're at all in the prophetic, at all following uh, people in the prophetic uh, realm, that uh, everybody's at is at each other's throats these days. There are some prophets have been calling for a Trump re-election. Others are are, are saying, it looks like some of these prophets are saying like, hold on, hold on until the 20th. And and some are even are saying, hold on until 20th and beyond uh, for a a Trump re-election. Others have recanted. They came... um, on, they did broadcasts saying that they recanted, that they're sorry, they apologize for their prophecy, saying it was it was a false prophecy, and they're trying to explain it away, how it came. Um, and and then there's these others who who didn't get any revelation about a Trump re-election or not, but there some are are for those prophets who are apologizing, others are, are calling them false prophets, and they're angry with them. And they're, they're like the camp is in disarray, basically. So the camp is in disarray, and meanwhile, it's funny because I read an article this week, a conservative uh, Christian website uh, that were pointing to the Pentecostal deba- deba- debacle, debacle, of the prophetic realm. What's going on with prophets saying they were wrong? Prophets accused of being wrong. Some some prophets even got some death. Threats after they apologized for having it wrong. Now this is completely insane. I mean, it's completely bonkers. It really is. I. It's a good show. I mean, I take out the popcorn and I'm watching it, and I'm. (laughs) I can't say I'm enjoying it because I don't like to see the body of Christ uh, being torn apart like that. Uh, Of course, there are false prophets in Matthew 24. Jesus, it's one of the things that he called. Uh, for the end times he said that there would be the most of and the first thing that he, he said to his disciples when they said what will be the signs of these things calling of the destruction of the temple and the sign of your coming and he said the first thing he says make sure that no one deceives you make sure that you not be you're not deceived because many many false prophets will come in, in my name saying they are anointed, and will deceive many. And he he repeated that, that many false prophets would be there and then not be deceived and all that, uh, that they would deceive many four times in Matthew 24. So four times it's repeated. So it's it's a big deal in the end times, which I believe we are in right now. So it's a big deal. So we, of course, need to have discernment. So you need to be praying for discernment in these days, because here's the thing. There are there are prophets in the body of Christ who have the, your best interest, mine and yours at heart, and who are servant-hearted, who want to do the will of God. There are prophets in the body of Christ who, for some reason, might have gotten it wrong a couple of times, and, and they will be the first ones to admit that. So that doesn't necessarily make them false prophets, and I know what the biblical standard is in the Old Testament, and I know all about that. But the New Testament prophets have a different mandate. It has it has shifted and I'm not going to get into that now. And there are false prophets. There are false prophets. There are people who infiltrate the church, infiltrate the body of Christ to deceive many. That is their main prerogative. That's what they want to do, and they do a very good job of it as well. So we have to be uh, we have to be in a, in a mode where we are praying for discernment. We are standing strong. Uh, we are uh, searching the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. So whenever you're told something, go search the scriptures, try to figure it out, try to see if these things are so, and put it before the Lord. Because uh, there's a lot of voices. We were just talking about that last week in our broadcast. There's a lot of voices coming to you from many different directions right now. And a lot of people uh, don't really know who to listen to anymore. And you know what? Uh, the best thing you can do right now is get in your room, close your door, Get in that quiet place and listen to the, the still small voice of the Lord. That's what we need to do. We need to hear from God in this time right now. It doesn't mean we, we can't listen to good people, good voices, good, good, uh, good teachings out there. It just means we must be discerning more than ever. So obviously, um, like I said, all these this this uh the prophetic uh camp is in disarray. And it's it's a shame. It's really sad. Uh, so they're 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 ripping each other apart. They're they're doing it publicly on the on public uh, social media platforms uh, of all things. It's just awful to watch. But, but, and then I'm here I'm getting with this. Okay, don't forget my the title of this uh, teaching. If you just joined us, is unmasking today's biggest false prophet. What if the false prophets that we're supposed to be very careful of these days are not the ones we think. And and I know there's heresy hunters out there. I used to be one of those heresy hunters. You're always looking for those who, who are abusing or or not teaching the truth or 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 those you think are not teaching the truth, which is even worse because that makes you self-righteous, but I'm not gonna get into that. But but the point is uh, there's heresy hunters out there. So we're always watching for someone in the church or someone who has a big ministry or a big platform. Oh, is he saying the truth? Is she saying the truth or whatnot? But what if the false prophet today is not, false prophets today are not those we think they are. Let me explain. Years ago, I was listening to a podcast uh, regularly every week, a weekly podcast, uh, which was uh, hosted by a lady, a Christian lady, who said this. She said, the devil always tells us what he's going to do before he does it. She she said that, and it it struck me. And then she said, I don't know why. She said, she, she was candid. She says, I don't know why. But he always tells us what he's going to do before he does it. I have observed it again, time and again, she said. And then she told us that she observed it through the mainstream media, no surprise there. But she pointed out Hollywood movies, uh, Disney movies, kids movies, cartoons. And she said, uh, in, in all of those platforms, it seems that the devil likes to tell us what he's going to do before he does it, especially in the science fiction realm. And she was pointing that out, the science fiction realm. And uh, it, it's true. I mean, when she said it, it, it rang true. I was like, yeah, that's that's true. He, he, he does seem to say it before he does it. And and I like her, I was at a loss. I was like, why is that? And so, yes, he does say it before he does it. He does it through symbolism. So occult symbols hidden in plain sight, so if, you, if you're if you any way uh, familiar with Masonic and occult symbols, you're gonna see them everywhere. If, you, if you, I have a, a book here at home, I think I have it here, I can show you guys. Maybe you'll wanna purchase it for yourself to familiarize yourselves with those symbols, but it was written by a Dr. Kathy Burns, and oh boy, okay, Masonic and Occult Symbols Illustrated. So it's a very good book, very thick, like uh, over 700 pages, 728 illustrations, symbols. She goes in depth uh, analyzing the symbols and giving her, her take on what they mean, all that in the hidden. And don't forget, occult means hidden. So these symbols sometimes are, are in, uh, in plain sight, but they have a hidden meaning, and she tries to uncover that in her book. But the point is they use that all the time. Uh, there's also the fake news, the mainstream media, like I mentioned before, where they, they, uh, they, they tell us... That, through constant repetition, constant repetition. I mean, just just look at 2020. Let's be honest. How many times did you hear the word COVID-19 in 2020? I, I don't even watch it that much, the mainstream news, and I've lost count. How many times have you heard about masks, masks, wearing masks in 2020? It's crazy. Um, pandemic, the word pandemic, pandemic, over and over again. It's brainwashing. That's what it is. Uh, they also use cartoons, Disney movies, The Simpsons, and we're going to get into that. Science fiction movies, I mentioned earlier, they, they they show us a lot of the things that are plausible futures in science fiction. And oftentimes they do it in the guise of what the government would do in a... Uh, in the dystopian future, Hunger Games, you know, there's 1984, we know the book 1984, but there was movies like Hunger Games and all kinds of stuff that are that, that are put out there uh, for us to watch as entertainment. Another movie that comes to mind is National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. He did two of those movies back in the, uh, I, I think, early 2000s. Very good movies, very entertaining. But, and my observation when I came out of those movies, I sent to Elizabeth at the time, I said, isn't it interesting? how much truth was in those movies the national treasure movies how much truth was in there in the guise of entertainment fiction entertainment fiction that's how they portrayed it and it was walt disney studios no less uh, comic books wow comic books and i'm a big fan I, I was a big fan of comic books for the longest time I've toned down. Obviously, I'm 46 years old, but uh, for the longest time, I was a big fan of comic books. But man, there's a lot of information in there. Uh, I used to have a friend who told me, he says, he, he was very kind of like conspiratorial, very very conspiratorial. He would look at me and his, he had big eyes, which made it even more eerie. He would look at me and say, bro, if you want the truth, comic books. <laughs> and I laughed, but it, he had a point. There's a lot of truth put in comic books. And before I go on, I wanted to share with you guys some clips that I got for you guys on YouTube. One is the first clip I'll show you is about mass repetition. And I spoke of that, how the, in the fake news, in the news media, we are bombarded over and over and over again with themes or words. Uh, I once saw a, a um uh, clip on YouTube. I don't, that's not the one I'm going to share, but it, it showed how much repetition was given to the people following the events of 9-11. And it was all scripted. It was all repeated from channel to channel, network to network. They were all saying the same thing word for word. And you're going to see in the clip I'm going to share with you guys now, it's very, very, rare, very clear that that's what they do. So they're, they're all like, they're all in one accord And they're all doing this and there's a purpose behind it. And I'm going to get to that. But I'm going to first share this clip with you guys. It's about three minutes, I believe. So uh, hang tight and watch this clip.
1: Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley, and I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities, the El Paso, Las Cruces communities, Eastern Iowa communities, Mid Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS Four News produces. But we are concerned about troubling Responsible, one-sided news stories
0: plaguing our country. Country. plaguing our
1: country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social
0: media. More alarming some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first.
1: The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too, too common, common on social, on social media. media. More alarming, some media. media, some media, it's a are true without checking facts first. first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their, their platforms, platforms to push their, their, own, their own, personal own personal bias, bias and agenda, to agenda to control, to control exactly, exactly what people, people think. think.
0: And this, this is extremely dangerous
1: to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely da- dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous dangerous to our democracy. Dangerous. Extremely dangerous our democracy. Extremely dangerous to our democracy.
0: Well, from what I'm gathering here is that this is extremely dangerous to our democracy, isn't it? The point is constant repetition like that is called mind programming. And isn't it funny that they call it TV programs or TV programming? (laughs) So obviously there's this method of mind control where I believe the enemy is using these channels. The enemy is, we know he's the prince of the power of the air. Prince of the power of the air. That's what the scripture calls him. Isn't that interesting? And what do we say when we go live? We are on air. We're on air. How how incredibly ironic. It's not ironic. It's it's it is what it is. It is what it is. So I showed you this clip of mass repetition. I think it makes a very solid, valid point. And I'm gonna I'm getting somewhere with this, guys. I, I, the bomb hasn't fallen yet. I didn't let go of the bomb yet tonight. Okay, so just pay attention. Now I want to show you another clip. It's a clip that talks about the Simpsons. And I spoke about the cartoons, how they brainwash us through cartoons. And they brainwash us from a young age. They want to get us before we hit seven, right? Or um, I think it was a a satanic child um, uh, mind programmer who said this. He says, give me a child before the age of seven. And uh, I will be able to, to control him for life. I know it sounds sordid. I know it sounds awful, but that's that's what he said. And I believe that he was right because it's actually proven in in psychology that before the age of seven, whatever whatever a child goes through is taught before the age of seven is stuff that will be the the most deeply impregnated in his soul. So this is a truth that is inescapable. So they use cartoons to reach their ends as well. They use cartoons. And here's the Simpsons. And here's the thing. I'm just going to put you in context. It's fascinating how The Simpsons have been calling down. This show, the cartoon show, The Simpsons, has been on air, has been airing for something like three decades. I think it came out in the early 90s. It's amazing. Three decades they've been doing Simpsons episodes. And It's incredible how many predictions under the guise of this is only humor and it's funny have been made through that show, predictive programming, or or, anyway, and I believe that they're not just predictions, but they are also an outlet where the enemy is telling us what he is planning to do before he does it. It's very interesting. So pay attention to this clip.
1: The Simpsons have been known to have a writer's room full of modern Nostradamuses. Er, uh, Nostradami? Anyway, the point is these folks are fortune tellers on a level we haven't seen since biblical times. So what does King Homer and the gang have in store for us in 2021? Let's look at some times The Simpsons saw into the future and why some folks are freaked out about what they see coming for 2021. Since the dawn of Homer, we've seen The Simpsons make predictions from Super Bowl wins to NSA surveillance scandals to tiger attacks and magic shows. Sorry Siegfried and Roy, but to be fair, you didn't need to be The Simpsons to see that one coming. Just in the Season 6 episode, Lisa's Wedding Alone, they predict video chat, smartwatches, and the construction of the Shard building in the London skyline 17 years before it was built. It's not just the older, classic seasons either. In Season 21, they had Homer on the U.S. curling team beating Sweden for gold 8 years before the exact matchup in Pyeongchang. In Season 23, they knew Lady Gaga would be in the Super Bowl halftime show, although when she did, she didn't take their cue on a fireworks-projecting bra because, well, you know, divas, probably. Even when they're wrong, they're right. When Season 11 came out in 2000, would you have expected to picture President Donald Trump conceding to President Lisa? We've inherited quite a budget crunch from President Trump. Hey, hey, hey don't get mad at me, I voted for Kodos. While we're on voting, they predicted in 2008 voting machines where people tried to vote for one candidate and the machine selected another, only to have that happen in the very next presidential election when a voting machine wouldn't let a voter select then-President Obama. It didn't count, relax. How about some science? Homer becomes an inventor in the 10th season and writes an equation on a chalkboard. Years later, when scientists discovered the Higgs boson, also known as the God Particle, look it up, nerds. Well, it turns out that the mass was similar to Homer's work. Three-eyed fish in rivers, mutant tomatoes, stealing grease for cash, it's all been thought of by the ghosts of Springfield past. You might call them writers, but I call them prophets of Evergreen Terrace. Oh, and uh, did I mention that they also called Disney acquiring the rights to The Simpsons themselves? Smart like a group of 20th century foxes. So what has the internet community all up in arms? Well, I mean, besides that and that. Okay, so their arms are always up on something, but what I'm trying to segue casually to is the fact that in the recent Halloween episode, known to fans as the Treehouse of Horrors, the writers' room was especially sour on the outlook of America in 2021. Ugh, haven't we had enough of this year? Well, someone left some black licorice in their candy bowls because they painted a pretty bleak picture of where America will be in a year's time. Firstly, they start us in nice and casual like with a general apocalypse since homie forgot to vote. He slept through it, and by the time Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2021, appears on screen, well, let's just say those killer robots are a little worse to Hans Moleman than your typical football in the groin. As Hans puts it in the way only his kind wrinkled peanut can.
0: Oh, that's
1: what I get for voting for Kanye! The divinations don't end there. Fans have noted after the election that the map actually shown on screen in the episode pretty closely matches what the final electoral college map ended up being. Some of the states that flipped from red to blue match up. This could be a sign that someone in Springfield is a close observer of substandard polling, but fans are not convinced. How the creators of the show know this information is anyone's guess. Maybe these oracles traded their souls for donuts, or perhaps guest star Lucy Lawless put it best when she said, a wizard did it. Sure, we could flatly assume that they're just a bunch of soothsayers who landed a cushy Hollywood job to settle their outstanding gambling debts, but that would just be too easy.
0: So, I didn't put the full clip because I'm limited on StreamYard with five-minute clips, but I think you get the gist of it. If you want to look it up, just go on YouTube, uh, write Simpsons Prophecies or Simpsons Prophecies 2021. And you're going to get plenty, trust me. There's tons and tons of information there. And the question that This begs the question, how do they do this? How is this done? Why is this done? Why does the enemy do this? Well, I have good news. This week, I believe, I believe that God showed me the answer. And it's not because I'm special. Ask my wife, she's going to tell you that I'm not that special. (laughs) But I believe that God showed me the answer. and I'm going to get to that. So I uh, I went to a trip at the grocery store and I had a conversation with my wife following my trip at the grocery store. But before I get into the conversation with my wife, I want to let you know how that trip went. Uh, I kind of had an out-of-body experience, but it, no, it wasn't anything supernatural. It was more like a, in my mind, I was kind of like seeing things from a different perspective. So I go to the groceries. We're a family of five. Obviously, it's, a, it's the basket was pretty full. I'm waiting in line and here in Canada, we're forced to wear a mask. They don't let you in the store if you don't wear your mask. So I can't even get in the store to shop if I don't wear a mask. So I have my freaking mask on and I'm waiting and it's, it's, I, I have my winter coat on cause it's cold outside. Right. And so I have my winter coat on. I'm, I'm sweating. It's hot. I just want to get out of there. I want to breathe some fresh oxygen. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these people all wearing masks. And inside, as I'm standing in line, I'm starting to boil. I'm really starting to boil on the inside. And I was angry. I I got mad. I was like, this is so incredible what the enemy has been doing to people, making us like subservient sheep wearing masks under the fear of the pandemic, the big boogeyman that they've been... uh, uh, Promoting on uh, the mainstream media for over a year now, and and I, I was just angry. I was I was really having an anger moment. So I I get home. I pay for my groceries. Get home, and then I, I'm telling her my experience. I'm telling Elizabeth about my experience at the grocery store, waiting in line, how I felt, and all that. And uh, and then I saw it. And then I saw it. And in the conversation, we were talking about all kinds of stuff, including that lady at the, uh, with the podcast who told us that the enemy always tells us what he's going to do before he does it. And 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 I want I I was having a conversation, and I show my wife a picture on social media. I know this little bit all, all over the place, but bear with me. So I show her this picture right here. Let me just find it again, again, again. There it is. Whoops. I lost it again. So I hope you can see it. Oh, the lighting is pretty awful. So you see the picture, nice picture, family picture, time. They're all wearing masks. And the caption says, if only there was some symbolic way to represent the end of free speech. Wow. Wow. Wow especially after the events of the last couple of weeks where Parlay has been completely uh, brought down by, by its uh, competitors and uh, the, the big, the big, big tech, the big tech uh, social media companies uh, shook hands together and they banded together to bring down this platform. I was like, wow. And then it dawned on me. Then it dawned on me. Wow. The masks. The masks. For a whole year, for a whole year, the enemy has been telling us that he wanted to end free speech. By making us wear masks, we have been acquiescing to the enemy's plan to end free speech in America, in Canada, and in other countries around the world. That's pretty awful. Now, now here's the thing. I said earlier, the devil tells us what he's going to do before he does it. But why does he tell us ahead of time what he's going to do? Now, that's the question. I mean, is he toying with us? Is he laughing at us? Does he enjoy this? And here's the thing. I think he doesn't enjoy it at all. He had to find a way to do it. And I'm going to get to that. He had to find a way to do it, but I don't think he, he he enjoys it at all. So here's the question. Why does he tell us ahead of time? So it's a loaded question. So bear with me. This is a teaching and I'm going to delve deep into some theological aspects here that are going to answer this question. They're going to answer this question. So we know that In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, God gave man dominion in the earth realm. So I'm just going to read it to you. Genesis 1, 26 to 28, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now I'm going to ask you a question. That too is a loaded question. Is there there anything that God cannot do? Is there anything that God cannot do? And sometimes I like having fun with my kids asking them that question. And the answer that most Bible-believing Christians, church-going Christians would say is, of course not. He's God. There's nothing that he can't do. Except for one thing. There is one thing that God cannot do, and that thing is God cannot break his own word. God cannot break his own word. You see, God is so good, so perfect, so just, so holy, that when he says a thing, that thing stands forever. He's God. His word stands forever. He cannot break his own word, because if he did so, he would cease to be holy and perfect. So now in Genesis, going back to Genesis, we know that God gave man, you and me, dominion of this place called the earth. So the earth realm, he's the one who gave us dominion here. So this is part of the reason why God all throughout the Bible, made covenants with man. This is uh, through man. He decided that he was going to do it that way. So through man, see, when man sinned, everything went south, right? So the covenants became very necessary at that point. Because that way, through man, God would be able to act his will out on the earth in covenant with man. So the Bible says, for example, in Proverbs 21.1, interestingly, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. So he can still turn the men's hearts wherever he wish. And ever since Genesis, whenever God wants to do something in the earth realm, in the earth realm, he speaks it through the mouth of, Of his prophets first. And that is also a biblical fact that is recorded in Amos, Prophet Amos, short book, chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, where it says this Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? Who can but prophesy? So God uses his prophets to speak his words on the earth, in the earth realm. And here's why. We read in Isaiah, you still with me? And for those who just joined us, tonight's... Subject is unmasking today's biggest false prophet, okay? So I was saying in Isaiah chapter 55 verses uh, verses 10 and 11, verse that many people know very well, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, here's a quick question. How does God send his word out? Well, we read it back in Amos in a verse prior to that. Through the mouth of his prophets. He makes them speak it out. He makes them speak it out so that it accomplishes its purpose. This is why it's so important as believers, by the way, Jesus said, uh, as believers, it's important that we we speak the words of God daily, constantly uh, feed ourselves with the word of God and speak those words, declare those words, decree those words. They're very empowering. And that's why also Jesus said, I don't do or say anything. I don't say anything unless it's the words of my father. So he just spoke the words of God, Jesus. That's why he led a sinless life. Partly. Why? He also obeyed perfectly, but he spoke perfectly the words of his father. He only spoke the words of God, the words that his father told him to speak. So that so God speaks through man, his word, and his word goes forth in the earth realm and accomplishes its purpose. And why does God do it like that? Because God gave man dominion in the earth realm, and he does nothing apart from in covenant with man. Because God never breaks his own word. Wow, that is loaded. That is a loaded theological fact that has escaped a lot of people. Now, here's the thing. Here's where I'm going with this. The devil, as we know, the enemy, the devil, Satan, is a copycat. He's a copycat. Everything does, everything God does, he's going to do something similar. He's going to copy it or pervert it. Either he copies it or he perverts it, one or the other. Okay, so just to be clear, the devil hates, he hates abiding by the laws of God, but he's nonetheless bound to them because the word of the king, the word of God, stands forever and everyone must bow their knees to the word of God because that is the way it is. So when God gave man dominion in the earth realm, the devil was also subject to some degree you know, we know he usurped the, the, the whole the, the whole garden thing, everything that's the fall of man, how it happened that the devil took over and, and all that. We know all that story. But he was still bound to that reality that he still needed stuff to be done through man in order to have, quote unquote, legality in the earth realm. So the devil needs prophets as well. So God has his prophets to speak forth his word in the earth realm, but the devil also has his prophets to speak in the earth realm. And if you go back and see the clips that we, we, we played earlier, it really shows what the devil's prophets are actually up to. That's why he, the devil also tells us what he's going to do before he does it. It's not just God that's bound to that law, that that reality. Okay. Now, so the devil has to reveal his, what he plans to do through the mouth of his prophets. So whatever God does, the devil imitates. Martin Luther said, where God builds a church, the devil builds a chapel. That's another way to say it. So here's what I wrote. I wrote, God's word is law. So when God gave man dominion, the devil, just like God, had to get things done through man in order to maintain legality in the earth realm. And and I don't have all the time in the world to explain all these theological ramifications, which, to be honest, I don't even understand the the, the full extent of those myself. But I understand how they work. I understand the basics of them. I've seen them work. I've seen them operate, the good and the bad. I've seen them operate on God's camp. It's fantastic results, amazing. But I've also seen what the devil does with it. So the earth realm is a physical realm. When God created the earth realm, he wanted to create something completely new. So he was living in another realm, which we call the spiritual realm, which is the biggest reality. (laughs) It's the bigger reality, although we don't see it. It's the bigger thing. But when he created the earth realm, he wanted to create something different. Uh, Carbon-based beings, beings that have bodies, that are physical in nature. So in order to be legal on the earth, this is another reality, I'm, I'm not going to impact the whole of it, but in order to be legal on the earth, we need physical bodies. That's why when we die, we return, our bodies go back to dust, and our spirit, our, our soul, our spirit goes back to heaven or hell, depending. So same with demons. Demons by their very who they are, having no bodies, why do you think they're so obsessed with trying to possess people? It's because they need to inhabit a body to have quote-unquote legality. This is why they always try to find loopholes where people sin, where people do things with the occult or whatever, that opens a portal and gives them that legal loophole for them to swoop in and get inside a a host body so that they have, quote unquote, legality in the earth realm, because otherwise they're they're, uh, spirits without a body. And when you're a spirit without a body in the earth realm, you are not legal. So that's why they're obsessed with trying to uh, operate within bodies. And I'm not going to get into the whole, again, the dynamics of all that. It's very complicated. I, I barely understand it myself, but it's true. So this is why also another parenthesis, very interesting. Christ, Jesus Christ, made himself incarnate in a body. See, in the Old Testament days, it, it happened that the spirit of the Lord fell on the prophets. And, and the, he, he, he enacted through them for, for moments and then it left it back off. But in order for have the Holy Spirit have permanent residence in man, Christ needed to come down and do what He did to unlock this. So what Christ did is He He came in a body, He came in a physical body, which gave which gave God legal full legality according to, to His own word. Again, he's, He never breaks His own word. So uh, so He came and, and, and regained that legality in the earth round in the person of Jesus Christ to accomplish everything He needed to do, and then the Holy Spirit could be sent and live in believers since that time and permanent on a permanent basis. So that's why it's interesting that in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, we read, Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already, it is in the world. Is, is it in the world? Very interesting here that these spirits, these demons, these demonic entities, they hate, they hate the fact that Jesus came in the flesh. And they'll never confess that because it's it spells their ultimate defeat. Because of, of everything that unlocked from that moment on. Now, Let's get back to the devil's prophets and how he operates through them. The biggest false prophet today, and I said in the beginning how everybody's pointing fingers, oh, he's a false prophet, he said that, it didn't come to pass and everybody's ripping into each other and and there's tons of division in the body of Christ right now. The devil loves to keep us busy amongst ourselves, quarreling amongst ourselves. And I say it all the time on the broadcast. The accuser of the brethren, that's him. And yet he just loves to make us into little mini hymns. mini like him. He loves it when Christians become tiny accusers of the brethren, pointing fingers, accusing Uh, Heresy hunters accusing one, accusing the other, doing a YouTube video uh, uh, against a a fellow believer, against their platform, against against what they do, because it doesn't agree with our interpretation of Scripture, with our understanding of Scripture. So we, we tear them down. We become accusers of the brethren. Meanwhile, his real false prophets, which are found in the media, mainstream media, social media, the prince of the power of the air. He's on air. He likes being on air, right? He just does whatever he wants through their mouths. There was something I wanted to share with you guys. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, Share screen. I'll see if I can do that because I got to share this with you guys. Let's try to share screen here. I'm going to share my screen. (laughs) My entire screen. Why can't I share it? Chrome tab. Can I share this? Let's see if I can share this. Yes, there it is. Boom. I wanted to share this with you guys because it's appalling. That's in the UK, United Kingdom. Government hires men to stand in public with a TV on their heads for pandemic propaganda in public squares, public places. So these guys, these pawns of the government are standing there, don't they look happy? With the TV on their heads Sharing government information or mainstream media information about what they're doing, what the government is actually doing. It reminded me, I was joking with Elizabeth earlier, reminded me of uh, Dr. Evil in the Austin Powers movies when he says, All I want is freaking sharks with freaking lasers on their heads. I can see the governments of the world right now saying, Is it too hard to ask? All I want is freaking doofuses with freaking TVs on their heads, just putting out our propaganda to brainwash the population. Is that too much to ask? Freaking losers with TVs on their heads? Well, there you go. Dr. Evil impression. I hope uh, it was pretty good. Anyway, I'm going to try to get back to not screen sharing. I right, stop screen sharing. And I'm back. Good. I'm glad I was able to share that because I think it's <laughs> It's appalling! It's appalling! The propaganda—how it's gotten out of hand. But it's no surprise—we we're, were warned of these of these things. But now you know. Now you know why. The devil tells us what he's going to do before he does it. Isn't that interesting? It gives power to believers. When you understand that, you're like, "Ooh, now I know what to pray against." isn't that fun? I think it's fun. It gives us more ammunition, right? And they do that with us all the time. They send their witches and their witchcraft and their warlocks in our churches to spy on the believers, spy on the body of Christ, to figure them out, to try to split churches and make pastors fall into sin and ministers fall into sin. Well, now we have a part of their recipe as well. So we know that he has to tell us what he's gonna do before he does it. So isn't that interesting? Next time you watch a science fiction movie, you might watch it differently now. Go like, let's see, what am I gonna pray against this week? You know, Interesting take on it, isn't it? And we're, we're told about this, the image of the beast, the image of the beast in Revelation chapter 13, verses 14 to 18, I'm gonna read it to you guys. I'm gonna end the broadcast with that basically. Here's what Revelation 13, verses 14 to 18 says. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. So we're talking about the smaller beast, the the, the beast of the earth. See, the, the 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 big beast, the Antichrist, comes out of the sea in Revelation 13. And the small beast, which is the false prophet, comes out of the earth. And just a parenthesis here. Uh, for, for, for years and years, I, I used to read guys like Hal Lindsey and Jack Van Impey and, and uh, Grant R. Jeffrey and, and Peter Lalonde and so many others. And they we're all saying, keep your eye out. It's going to be one guy. It's going one guy. And we're always waiting for that one guy who's going to be the Antichrist, the false prophet. They're going to work together. And meanwhile, the whole time we were wa- looking for one guy or two guys working together all these false prophets have been doing their their a great job i got to say great job on the minds of the population on the minds of the people so revelation 13 14 to 18 and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived again kind of mysterious. We still don't know what that is all about. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image, again, notice how many times the word image appears, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, and we know that that passage. That uh-huh, right, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Some have interpreted this to say that the right hand is 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 your uh, the work, what the work you do, the work you do with your hand, and the foreheads is your thoughts. So your actions and your thoughts. interpretation. I kind of like that. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Very popular passage, even among unbelievers, even among, even in the Hollywood movie industry they've been using that when they were making apocalyptic movies and all that. They they love that passage. Probably because they understand it better than most Christians. So while we want to hear and say the words of God as believers at all times, just like Jesus said, I only do what my Father told me to do and and say the words that he tells me to speak. That's what he said in this ministry. Let's not forget that the enemy the enemy is stuck where he has to tell us what he's going to do before he does it. See, God made it so. God foresaw everything. He's not stuck, unlike the enemy. God decided it so. He made it so when he decreed that man shall have dominion. And then ever since then, he's been using the mouths of his prophets to speak things into existence into the earth realm so that heaven comes down on earth through their mouths but the devil also has to do the same thing and he's not happy about it but he found he found clever ways to do it right through like i said symbolism uh, the, the mainstream media hollywood comic books and all that but this gives us plenty of ammunition to pray against his schemes which is fantastic and like i said this is how I figured it out. This is this is when I understood wow, for a whole year he's been telling us that we that he was going to end free speech by making most of us, everybody, wear a freaking mask. And we've been seeing it every day, every day, every day on the news, everywhere. I mean, it's sometimes even the kids, my kids would point out, say, look, Daddy, it's silly. They get they get they get their Christian magazine where we have a focus on the family. We have all of these Christian magazines coming to us. And, and they have like, let's say, I don't know, uh, pages where it's little cartoons that are drawn. The cartoons are wearing masks. How sick is that? Seriously. Oh, but we must adapt it to the new reality, the new normal. That's what they're going through. So when the kids read our magazine, they're going to be like, oh, wow. Isn't that precious? Please. This was the devil's plan. He wanted to end free speech. And he did a few good... uh, Let's just say he won some battles in the last couple of weeks. He's not going to win the war. But he won some good battles. And I'm going to end the broadcast thus. I think I shared with you guys some really incredible information. Let's just check the comments here. Hey Chris, nice to see you. And uh, all this to say, uh, if this uh, broadcast has blessed you, if you've learned something, if you you were like, oh yeah, wow, crazy, I loved it. Share it, share it. That's the best way you can thank me, is to share this broadcast. So as always, uh, I pray that God blesses you this week. May you be blessed and thrive on. And don't forget to join us Wednesday I will be doing a broadcast with Elizabeth. Still haven't decided on a subject, but I know it's going to be powerful because it always is. And if you haven't done so already, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And even better, if you haven't already, go to thrivingonpurpose.com. That's my website, thrivingonpurpose.com. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter because with all the censorship, all the censoring going on right now, we don't know about social media platforms, how long we're gonna be here. So uh, hey, enjoy, like enjoy it while it lasts, and hopefully it's gonna last forever, and it's gonna just change and evolve and, and and adapt to, anyway, you know what I mean. But make sure you subscribe to our newsletter so you, you don't lose contact with us if you wanna stay uh, abreast of what we have to say and share. So God bless you, And uh, may he make you a blessing as well. Bye-bye. See you next time.